You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, hello, hello, my lovelies. Welcome to another episode of Ginger Archie. I am so happy to be back with you. I took a little break uh, last month, just had a lot of stuff going on, and I am back for the beginning of August. And I'm really excited because I have somebody really interesting for you today. I have an anarchist, of course, as most of my guests are, but his name is Greg Papa Nicholas. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. You said okay. it perfectly. <laughs> do some people call you Papa Nicholas? Yeah, you know, it's it, I, phonetically, you could do it both ways, and that's the nice thing about it. Okay, good. Well, then if I screw it up, you know, it's so funny because I say this and so does Chris who hosts the main, hosts the main show. We should probably practice somebody's name before we have them on. Yes. <laughs> but I also um I am technically a professional podcaster, but it doesn't pay any bills, so <laughs> hopefully people will forgive me for that. <laughs> Spontaneously, you did a great job. Yes, awesome. So, Greg is a Besides just being an anarchist, because on this show, we don't just talk about libertarianism or anarchism. I mean, we touch on that a little bit, but it's about what these people are doing and how they're living their lives. So Greg is a fitness uh, trainer. Like, a, mm-hmm. a, what do you, okay, you're more than a trainer because everybody in the world says they're a trainer. What do you describe mm-hmm. yourself as? Yeah, it's it's more, I, I try to, to maybe use the online coach title more than anything, because I guess coach has a little bit more of a wider, you know, array of responsibilities rather than just a trainer. I think trainer, I think, you know, physically in the gym training, you coach is kind of, you know, outside of the gym a little bit and doing some things on, on, uh, outside of the gym and and helping with other aspects of, you know, the, the fitness process. So kind of like a whole health. Yeah, I think so. I I think you can kind of categorize it as that. And, and because most trainers will just do the, New, yeah, they'll do one aspect. They'll they'll train you, but they won't give you a nutrition plan or anything like that. So I figured, you know, why not do both? Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. And actually, I just became a client of Greg's. Had a little stumble, and I decided that I actually need nutrition help, people. So just to put that all out there, he technically is my fitness coach right now, <laughs> which is cool. Um, yep. So you know, I, we met because obviously you're anarchists, and then you were coaching some of my friends. I liked a lot of what you said. Um, but how did you start down that road? Um, have you always been a fitness guru? Have you been like liberty minded? What got you to where you are today when you were you born? Know, I, <laughs> yeah. See, and, and and that's the thing is I think what, what, what initially sparked it was the fact that 
I knew I wanted to make my own schedule. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That was the mm-hmm. first goal, you know, straight out of the gate. But I couldn't figure out how to do it at the start because, you know, I, I may have been late 90s okay. uh, when I got out of high school and then into, into college. If some, if you were described as an as an entrepreneur, people would laugh at you. They'd be like, "Oh, well, when when are you going to get a real job? Or when when is this going to be like a thing where you actually earn money?" And so that was the that really, yeah, it irked me in some ways. But then the more I thought about it, I thought, "Well, well, is is there like a school to go to for this? What? How do we how do we go about this?" And what I found was like it didn't matter, you know, if you were going to one school or another school, it, it was. You, you had to become your own brand and you had to figure out how to do it in such a different landscape back then. So really the only way to do it before we had really the internet was you had to network a ton. And luckily my father was like the king of networking. He was in real estate, commercial real estate, constantly meeting people and almost like taught me how to sort of present myself in front of people and, and meet people. And that kind of became more natural as I went on. But then obviously I was, I was obviously into the gym and I was always training and, and working out and into bodybuilding. And I just sort of thought, well, if I'm enjoying this so much, if I'm getting so much out of it in my personal life and the goals that I'm reaching, and I love entrepreneurship, why not merge the two? And it took me a while to discover that because yeah. you just, you kind of have to fall into it either by, you know, an ultimate circumstance of, you know, maybe the job, the nine to five didn't work out, or you just finally leave it and take the risk. And luckily I was able to take the risk at the right time. Cause I was in, of all things, you wouldn't believe this special education at a public school. Oh, really? Yeah. That's where I started. And, and it's because I was so involved in coaching there and working and you know, running the weight room and and running sports there. So I sort of fell into it, you know, as, as a, as a teacher instead, because most of the time the coaches were teachers mm-hmm. and it just kind of stuck. And then I figured that, you know, maybe I need to make a change because a lot of stuff was happening, um, you know, inside of the school system that I wasn't very fond of. So I figured, you know, let's, let's go the route that I was intended to go in um, because it was the right thing for me to do at the time. I'd already established a little bit of, you know, the, the training, uh, I guess, business at the time, it wasn't growing at the rate that I wanted it to, but by the time I was ready to leave, it was already on its way. So I figured why not just take these eight hours that I'm spending inside a classroom and devote them to this entirely. And I'm glad I did. So, you know, it's funny because people find their way to like more free-minded thinking and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. a lot of times through that liberty lens because, yeah. you know, owning yourself, owning your own business really frees you from being a slave to somebody else. I mean, and there's right. nothing wrong with, you know, being a wage earner and working for somebody else. I've done it most of my life, but I've also mm-hmm. been an entrepreneur and there's a lot of freedom in that. But yeah. it's funny you say that whole, I happen to <clears throat> maybe graduate in the late 90s too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I do remember thinking, you know, like entrepreneur, you know, that was such a word for a guy that's, you know, like selling vacuum cleaners door to door. Right. right. <laughs> and, and you should go get a business degree, you know, which <laughs> not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but honestly, most of them are worthless. Um, <laughs> right. 
So um, it's it's kind of a cool way to think now with the age of the internet. You're so right. Like so many people mm-hmm. do it. And you know, it's not easy. Most people don't succeed. So what? how did you succeed? I mean, obviously you're doing well at this. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I, I think the biggest, um, the biggest change was when I first started um, down this road, down this path, I was selling, I, I was actually selling t-shirts and I was selling, I was selling anarchy wait, wait. lifting t-shirts. Just, I got to tell you though, you know, Damon, yeah. uh, what's his face from shark tank. Um, he has yes. that Uber, that's how he started and he's a yeah. multimillionaire now. Right. So, right. Yes. Anarchy and t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. That was the thing is I, I, I had this idea just popped in my head of, of putting a bent bar as a logo behind the a, the anarchy symbol and figuring out, okay, well maybe this will just be a representation of, you know, anarchist voluntarist in the gym. Yeah. And people will ask questions and you'll be able to tell them why this represents you or whatever. And I started doing that. And then all of a sudden three or four people said, Oh man, this looks good. And then it grew to a few more people. (laughs) And then, and then, you know, the following year people were like, you got, you need to come to Anarchapoco. You need to speak. You need to do all this. And I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like, yeah, this and it happened really fast just based on the fact that it spoke to people in that community but then at the same time i was like well i still have this passion for for training i just i want to find something that i can sink my teeth into that you know i know i could really thrive in but i think the thing about l- learning the lesson from the t-shirts was like starting out it, that way is fine but there it is such a difficult industry to get into with apparel yeah. And, and there's a, to, a million oh, people God. in that space. Yeah. Standing out is so tough. Yeah. So tough. But, you know, um, I think I remember when I first became a libertarian, I was listening to the Tom Woods podcast. Um, mm-hmm. He was talking about find your niche in your own yep. space. And, you know, it's kind of right in the fact that, you know, you don't want to be a libertarian. Talk to other libertarians about libertarianism because mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody right. does that. But, you know, you find out what you're good at because we're people first, you know, and so obviously and you found that did. So what kind of questions did you get when you had anarchy and maybe just somebody comes up at the gym, you know, somebody that you lived with or you see there often? What what kind of questions did they ask you? You know, it was interesting because a lot of times they they'd see it as, you know, almost like, oh, my God, what? Why is he wearing the A? Is that like a threat or something like it? (laughs) You know, because people just were not used to seeing it worn so freely. Yeah. Um, and, and when they, when they saw the bent bar behind it, they were like, oh, well, what does that indicate? And I said, well, this is just representing it in the gym. Yeah. And, and I think it dawned on them that, that we weren't so scary, yeah. <laughs> you know, the more they got to talking to me, which um, is funny because, you know, yeah. you're up, you're up like a power lifter, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. which if anybody who knows, Greg actually knows that he's probably one of the nicest, kindest guys out there, it's Yeah. Just, but yeah, that's, yeah. That's so cool. Did you get, did you bring anybody over who kind of goes, went down that path to Liberty then? You know, I started some of the people that were kind of already leaning that way that, you know, lived in my area and and lifted with me kind of, were starting to hear a little bit more about, you know, the buzz. And, and, and then when I would talk about it, you know, they would start to understand a little bit more and they would say, well, yeah, that's kind of what I believe, but like, why do you call it this? You know, and that, and I think that word, because it was had such a connotation to it, they automatically wanted to run away from it. And I mm-hmm. thought, how do I still represent what I'm about, but you know, find a wider audience, find people that I could just help regardless. Right. And I think that was when it clicked for me because I stopped with just that 
putting a, a, a face on that niche and just saying, I'm good at this thing, but I also happen to be, you know, an anarchist kind of thing. I think that's super important um, because yeah. I, I think we all kind of go through that phase at first because most libertarians or anarchists, especially are converts, you know, we came from a different way of thinking. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, like whether the light bulb clicked at one moment or it took a while in a couple of clicks, you know, um, then you get so excited about it that you forget that, you know, nobody else, most people in the world don't think that way. And then there's also right. a lot of other things going on in life. And so not everybody cares about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, what's so interesting is I couldn't, you know, my, my parents were Reaganites. So again, yeah. that this was like a conservative family too here. Um, but eventually I, it, you get to a point where you're in your forties now, and you're still trying to convince them. And you're like, you know, I, maybe I should just at this point, let them come to that conclusion yeah. and stop preaching. And that's, I think that is another thing that you talked about. Like eventually they get to that stage in their life where they stop evangelizing it mm -hmm. and just say, you're going to get to it eventually or not. It doesn't matter to me, but I'm still going to represent it somehow in some way. Right. And I, I kind of refuse to give up the anarchist label because I yeah. don't, you know, obviously definitions change, uh, you know, time changes vernacular, but right. I want to reown that word. Um, so yeah. I just kind of, everybody's like voluntarist, which I do like the word, but I'll still use anarchist because it does get people mm -hmm. to think. Um, right. I grew up in a conservative family too. Ronald Reagan was like right underneath Jesus. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I don't even really, I don't really even talk politics with my parents, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they, and they know kind of what I do. Thankfully they're not big onto in the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither <am> I. <laughs> because I think they might faint. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, there's so much more to life than just political philosophy, although it right. does lead into like everything I do, you know, being an individual, but yeah. Um, which kind of brings me around to, so fitness for mm -hmm. you, were you like very fit growing up? Were you always lifting weights? Were you into sports or was it something like where you're all of a sudden, you know, you had like a kaboom moment and you had to start getting yourself better. Yeah. And, and actually it's interesting. You asked that. Cause like I, I played football when I was in high school. So it was sort of, you, it, that was a demand on your time uh, to devote at least, you know, one hour per day in the weight room as an athlete in the school the thing was in 1997, 1998, we didn't have programs. We didn't have anything you could look online for. We didn't have anything that the school would say, follow this. Mm -hmm. It was a coach telling you, hey, go lift. And there was no direction. There was no technique cueing. There was nothing, you know, in, involving the, the hands-on experience of actually coaching. It was, we're just going to throw you under the bar and see if you sink or swim. Yeah. Well, what did that do to the kids? It either, you know, made their ego so big that they thought they could handle all the weight in the world. And then when you start to realize like, okay, let me find something. So I would find these, you know, uh, bodybuilding magazines and I'd find uh, anything. I, and this was bad. This is going to date me again. AOL. <laughs> <laughs> you, go, you go inside the, the the chat rooms for bodybuilding or you know any type of fitness chat room and then you would you would ask questions but for me when i was outside of my school gym and i was in a commercial gym i would ask the largest beast i could ask for <laughs> advice because i knew that that person had spent the time under the bar seasoned and knew exactly what they were doing so i would have to pick the brain of somebody and 
you, there was kind of a pecking order back then because you, you, you didn't use the, the bench that the guy was that you oh. knew he was showing up on Monday <laughs> and you didn't use his bench because that was his bench. So it was a different level of respect back then in, even in the commercial gyms, which, you know, you see today it's, it's a free for all and nobody yeah. really has any etiquettes. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably do a whole episode on gym etiquette. But <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. God, I think I've done, I think that those were my first posts when I first got on Facebook was just <laughs> stories about etiquette (laughs) Um, it's funny too because the age of the internet brought about so much knowledge at our fingertips i often think about how lucky my kids are like i have teenagers and i just think do you know how long it took me to figure something out but at the same time you're missing a little bit of that like working really hard to get something and finding it more than in just one place you know you're not just googling a youtube video you're you know what i mean You're, you're learning experience and reading books. And so a little bit of that's lost now when you were, you know, getting heavy into fitness, like, and you were looking at those bodybuilding magazines, who was your hero? You know, I always, it it would always change. So it it would be like flavor of the month kind of guy when I would, (laughs) you know, start to read these magazines. Posters on your wall, Greg. (laughs) No, you know, what? you know, what's funny is I never, I never had the bodybuilders on there and I don't know why I never had the bot. I, you know, I think I know what it was. It was because you couldn't find, like, you would have to get a cart, like a, an actual magazine cutout. Yeah. And on your wall, they just weren't big enough. So what did I do? I would like plaster five of them, you know, <laughs> on a wall to to make it big enough so that when I looked at it, I could be inspired. And then here's the funny part: you're going to laugh at this. I would put professional wrestlers up on the wall. Too. Oh. <laughs> Because I knew I was a fan too. At, at that point, I was like, you know what? Those, those, that's the body I want. And I'm, I'm going to do all I can to get that body one day. Okay. Like who was, who was your favorite back in the day professional? Oh, it, it was least. always, Hulk, it was always Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. actually leads into, um, I'll kind of jump around here on my outline because you do something super fun. And I actually like, I've just followed it for a little bit and I'm not yeah. sure if it's just something you do for a comedic outlet, which I absolutely love, or it's something you're yeah. kind of like, maybe take a little bit farther, mm-hmm. but you have an alter ego <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and a, number one, he's hysterical and having grown up like in the same time period, like, and I wasn't huge into, you know, pro wrestling, and, but obviously that was part of pop culture then. So I knew about it. Um, you have a guy named Vince Bartoli, right? Did I say yep. that right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> so yeah. when, you, when did you create him? Was it kind of, did it come out of your you know childhood or, and what's, what is your goal with him just for fun or. Yeah. So, so <laughs> this is, you're, you're going to find this hilarious too, because there's always a story attached to these things. Um, the original idea um, didn't it, oh, it sort of developed slowly. It wasn't just a thing that I already had sort of polished up and saying, okay, I'm going to deliver this character to, to, you know, social media. Uh, what happened was wonder woman to 1984 wonder woman, this, the sequel yeah. was being filmed at, I believe Lake forest mall here in the Northern Virginia area okay. near me. And it was the only mall that still had the aesthetic look of the eighties. So they needed sort of that aesthetic of an old mall yeah. and they said i remember looking up the the information on the casting uh for it because you would get sometimes you get these ads you know through email or 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 on facebook even when you weren't even involved (laughs) in in doing that sort of thing like they would say casting call you know for uh, extras 
And then they said they were looking for eighties bodybuilding <laughs> extras. And my, I mean, the light bulb, I mean, it was like the brightest light bulb in my head at the point. And I said, Oh my God, I could so do this. So I started growing the mustache out and the hair and bought the outfits. My sister is a thrifter. So like she would find all of this stuff. She probably had the best time. Oh my God. She was enjoying it. She was enjoying it so much because it was in her wheelhouse and she would know what exactly to get because she lived through that time too. She's older than me, three years older. So she, I, when I got the response, I sent my photos in, but when I got the response and this was before, like I actually had grown everything out. So I just sent my body pictures. in. Yeah. And they said, look, we're going to need more experience and actual professional photos of you on a bodybuilding stage. I said, well, I haven't done that. I haven't done the oil and the, and the yeah. speedo thing. And, and really, really tan for a long time. Ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Stay in there for a little longer than you need to. <laughs> they, they responded. And then I thought, well, if they're not going to, you know, have me as part of this movie, which I mean, I figured it was a long shot anyway, but just because I didn't have the experience. Um, but then I thought, well, if I'm not going to be in a movie, I might as well make my own. <laughs> so then I started to come up with the whole concept. How very anarchist of you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All the, all the, all the creative, you know, juices flowing. And then when I did my first sort of movie, it was with my sister who was obviously in charge of the outfits and styling, but then it was uh, my, her boyfriend, Mark, who, you know, he, he had a lot of experience just in being spontaneously creative with this kind of stuff. So we filmed on location at a beach and then we found this beach in Maryland that still had its old eighties aesthetic. And what did we do? We just shot it like a, like an old vignette mm-hmm. um, of this, bodybuilder walking into the current state of affairs in 2020, I guess it was 2018 at the time and seeing how much it changed. But the things that he remembered were the things that he started to want to do again. So he would go play the arcade games that were still there. He would, you know, go to the gym that was still there. It still had the old world gym in, in that beach town. Yeah. And so we just filmed like a spontaneous eighties montage there. And then, Everybody just ate it up and loved it. And then that's when I came up with the whole, he's from New York and Italian because my dad actually, (laughs) yeah. And that's the thing is he, he spent a lot of time in long Island uh, running a gym. So he would tell me these stories about these long Island bodybuilders (laughs) really in detail. So I'd say, Oh my gosh, this is perfect. I mean, this is, this is just perfect. So I just started doing the comedy bits a little bit as it really, you're right. It was an outlet. Um, but as it starts to get more attention, I'm, I'm wondering like, you know, do, do, how far do I take this? And I, I love doing it. It's a, it's a great outlet anyway. Uh, yeah. but it's the, it's the fact that it gets such a response out of people. Why I keep doing it? Well, that's generally, you know, how things start, you know, just right. with a creative and then who knows where they go. I'm going to take a quick break, but I want to come back and talk a little bit more about Vince because yeah. it's probably one of my favorite things and maybe like see where you're going and then, um, where people can find some of your, uh, your short films and things like that. Yes. Yes. We will be right back with Greg Papa Nicholas. Well, hello, my lovelies and welcome back. I am your host, Trisha Stewart, man. And I have been talking to Greg Papa Nicholas and uh, he is a fitness coach 
and a fellow anarchist as well. And we're just catching up a little bit about his life and his road to fitness and anarchy, but he has an alter ego. Is it now, Greg, is this an alter ego or is it a character? Who is Vince Bartoli? Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is I haven't really decided yet because he's sort (laughs) of, he's almost me with the volume turned up, but I know in my own life, I would never take it this far, you know, aside from the entertainment value. So walking that fine line is very important and not (laughs) overstepping too many times and knowing that, you know, it is, it is a comedy sort of, in in some ways, a, a a gimmick, almost a, Mm -hmm. a character. Um, but there are parts of Vince, obviously, that that bleed over. But it's like it's almost like with anything else, I get frustrated about how things have changed since you know that time period. So like yeah. a little bit of that comedy and that that frustration over you know some of the things we're we're experiencing right now that you know may or may not be that taste that you're looking for. That's it. It sort of bleeds into the character a little bit. So there's some you know, truth to a lot of those, you know, funny quips and and comments in there. So, and, and might I add, Greg is a very serious, uh, you know, skilled coach and he's a professional yeah. and, you know, obviously we'll plug Project Sparta and stuff and everything else you're doing later. So, but I really find it really interesting, like the entertainment value. So, right. you know, you've made some short films. You did the first thing at the mall where you just decided if Wonder Woman didn't want you or, or you went to the beach, I'm sorry. If Wonder Woman didn't want you as an extra, well, then you were going to make your own film. Yeah. Um, so like, what did you do next? And when you go into these places, like if you go in as Vince in the gym, like, do you just Mm -hmm. stay in character or, (laughs) you know, what's interesting is when, when I started doing it that first time at the beach, I didn't, I didn't break out of it. I didn't break out of the character and actually spoke like him when I was there. And it kind of like, it it was almost like one of those real, I, I, I can't describe it walking down, you know, that boardwalk when people people just think they're in a time capsule because they see you walking down and they go, what is that? And they're, they're just not used to it. So like all these heads would turn, but it wouldn't be like this infatuation. It would be more like, what am I seeing? Yeah. They're like, is this real? Am I actually seeing this in front of me? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was more of the, the shock value that I was looking for. But then um, as I started to sort of develop the character, I thought, well, maybe we can turn this into some kind of story. Um, and then I actually, life imitates art sometimes that my, I actually got stuck heading out to the, uh, to the Midwest. I was actually doing an eighties bodybuilding sort of photo shoot, like an old school photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was when I drove back, uh, the car sputtered out twice. And so I actually literally got stuck and stranded twice out in the Midwest and had to get back somehow. So I, I, there were no buses, uh, back home and I was in West Virginia where I kind of oh found Lord. myself. Yeah. I know, <laughs> my ex, my ex-husband's whole family's from there. I spent a lot of time there. Beautiful place, but wow. You yeah. can really get in some, <laughs> Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, you know, what? If, if it's not countryside, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. And actually what, what was interesting was I was in Wheeling, which is kind of, you know, it's a bigger mm-hmm. sort of area and, and a coal miner town, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like what we see, like Boone County and, and right. some of these other counties that are, you know, movies are based off of. But um, the when when I broke down I, and I didn't have any way of getting back because actually the the all of the rent a car places had they didn't have any cars that you could take 
in one direction and didn't have to return. So I said, well, this is not helping either. So I call, I call my sister, right. And, and she's, you know, got a pretty loose schedule like I do too. I go, is there any way you can come out here? I know it's asking a lot. And they were like, sure, absolutely. And, and the whole time I'm like, I can't believe that they're going to drive out here four and a half hours to, to, to get me. Like, it's just, that's what a good sister does. We've had a great relationship, obviously. Um, but it was the fact that I could hear her, her boyfriend in the background saying, what if we, what if we did this? What if we tried this? And she relayed what a little bit of what he was saying and saying, why don't we turn it into a Vince story? Why don't we make it so that Vince actually broke down in West Virginia coming back from a bodybuilding show? That's awesome. <laughs> and, and so it's so, okay, all right, well, let's, let's do it. He's like, bring your gear, bring everything. <laughs> I was like, all right, I got everything. Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll meet you at that dealership where I'm getting the car looked at and we'll see what happens. We, they get there. He walks 10 steps out of that Kia dealership, looks to the right and sees the town of Benwood, West Virginia. And he goes, this is where we're shooting. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's perfect. And if you could visualize I've what Hollywood <laughs> would crave over <laughs> yeah. as a dead tobacco plant town, which I mean, literally everything was boarded up. I mean, you had homes there, but there wasn't a single business besides this one gas station in the Kia dealership. And even better, it was on the Ohio River. So we're literally... I mean, we're right. I mean, it's, it's perfect. It's right. I know where it is. I live in Ohio. (laughs) Gosh. I mean, you wouldn't believe how perfect. So, and Ben Woods is just an old town. So, so, and, and I guess we just sort of shot it spontaneously. We had no script. He basically had me in a series of small clips, just walk and hitchhike and, and talk a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> and and act frustrated and just do do all the stuff your your character would do and use a little bit of the frustration of your real life breakdown. Yeah. You know, your 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 where your car breaking down and what was that emotion like? So I used it and I you know <laughs> and he he told me just to do a series of these things and then at the end just just run away and pass out because it's hot and you just have to get out of there. And there's nothing you could do about it because no car is going to stop for you, you know, because it's, it's, it's the modern age. No, no car stopping for you anymore. Oh yeah. 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 So you're a guy, it's funny if you think about it, a guy stuck in a time when, you know, we would hitchhike and prank call people and all kinds of things right. nowadays, you know what I mean? People try to like Google you and fact check you and scan you before. Right. You exactly. <laughs> so all funny. of that, all of that had transpired. And then when we got back, he said, I need you to record all these audio clips and it was amazing because all of the audio clips were in sequence. I swear in sequence with like 75% of the video. Like he didn't need to do much yeah, that was editing say, at that'd all. Be a heavy editing job. Cause I, oh my I, gosh. I've been in theater yeah. and, and done a little bit of voice acting and things like that. And that's, that's a job in itself. Like the people yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh, I could, I can't imagine how much time that would take, but he said it took a day and a half to edit the the very little bit that he needed to to make sure that it fit but he said it was so perfect and so spontaneously perfect that everything just fit i mean it, it was amazing how little work he had to do 
And, and once I saw it on screen, I was like, oh, you really were serious about it being this good. Yeah, it was, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I watched it twice and I laugh whenever you say cheesecake. I don't know why. It's just a weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's his, that's his word. Yeah. And, and that's, it's just amazing how it all came together. But when I put it out there and the response it got of people saying, you need to, you know, put, you need to pitch this. I I really do think you should honestly. Um, so I'm sure you probably have some ideas and things in the work. Let me ask Mm -hmm. you, what does your lovely wife think when you have to grow everything out and be Vince (laughs) Bartolow? I know we were getting to that. that. God, you know what? (laughs) She, she just does not like it. And she (laughs) is just waiting for me to shave it and get back to her Greg. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, there, there's this, there comes a time where she, she gets a little bit more. Well, okay. I'll say this at the beginning. It was a little more frustrating because it was a surprise. Now that it's become a thing, she's like, okay, how much, how long this time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, how many months are we going to get? No, I, and, I've always been like that. My husband, I like, I am like, he, he'll, she shapes his whole head and everything. I'm not yeah. a big fan of all that. Some guys talk about beards and mustaches and, or just a mustache, which is right. kind of weird. I mean, it's perfect yeah. for your character, but it's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and I, I got it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I got to admit, she, she's been a trooper with it. Uh, but, you know, it, it, the thing is, I, I can only get about a couple months out of it. So I can't go year round with the look. And, you know, so I try to take advantage of that time that I have the, the look and, and the body and everything. And I even train a little bit harder at the time to, to, you know, sort of show that off too, and be like, look, this is the character. I have to really fit the character. Yeah. And, and when I, um, you know, when I shave it off, it's kind of, it's kind of a sad thing. I got to admit, I, just, I kind of get a little distraught, but <laughs> do you um, look in the mirror and go, look at yourself, cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so sad. Why are you doing this? I mean, honestly, there, there's part of me that the part of Vince kind of dies there when it happens, but it, <laughs> But at the same time, it's something to build on the next time because, you know, you want to keep it going, but you want to keep the story uh, interesting. So we're telling the story backwards and uh, getting it even more creative with where we find these places and, um, you know, these saloons and try to find a, a an area where they'll they'll you know, let you shoot because it's a little yeah. hard. But in this town, there was nobody there. So it was really easy <laughs> to do what we did. Um, but I got to tell you, there weren't many people. We shot it, you know, during the day, but there weren't a lot of cars. There just weren't a lot of people. So it was easier. Yeah. But again, you, like I said, you have to get a little bit more creative. And, you know, when we're trying to tell the story, I'm thinking as long as, you know, if I could get a good series out and a good yeah. little story and people get sucked into it, I'm like, well, we might as well just, you know, try to pitch this thing. There, I mean, uh, there's so many cool shows that actually started as like web series like that. And yeah. Getting picked up and stuff like that. So. Exactly. Exactly. Or just so on, on their own popularity. Road. Just, you know, people don't even need to stream something now. You can go to YouTube and watch something pretty cool. Yes. Yes, yes exactly. So you don't exactly. have to pop in that beta or VHS like back in the day no. that I would remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or like, you know, try to record something on network TV. I was just thinking about yeah, that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but 
going back to Greg, um, I do want to hmm. talk a little bit about what you do right now to let people know who want to follow you, who might be interested in your fitness coaching. Um, you do mostly online and it's kind of like whole life coaching, whether it's just yep. like fitness, nutrition, or anything like that. And you have hmm. something called Project Sparta. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about that's inception. When did you start? You know, how it's going and what are you working towards growing it to? Yeah. So actually the 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 idea was more of the, the you know the online coaching uh experience, but a little bit more holistic. So I would try, you know, to 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 do a little bit more uh just add a little bit more value to the experience as far as you know, calls, um, check-ins a little bit more of nutrition, not just what a trainer would normally do, but really seeing the whole picture, because again, a lot of it is mental health. Mm-hmm. So my back and forth with people is, is very little physical fitness talk. Um, you know, if any, but, and if there is, it's very minimal, it's a lot of mindset and working through some of the struggles and and trying to, to, to reach a point where these, these become a little bit easier uh, as you go. And then, you know, at, at that point, it's just providing some new stimulus for you to still, you know, grow and, and um, you know, break through those, those, you know, perceived limitations and, and, and just continuing to get better and stronger. And I think what, what ended up happening was, um, you know, I'd started out working with both men and women, but I think it's organically become virtually all women, at least, you know, 80, 85% of my clientele. And I think it's because of the, the information I put out there. Uh, and I, I, I dive a little deeper into the experience of the mindset. And I mm-hmm. think that more women are willing to share the struggles and are willing to get a little bit more out of the process. Not to say that the men aren't, um, it's just that they are motivated by different things. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, this mattered more because I wanted to help change lives, but at the same time, organically, this experience became a lot more than just the physical coaching and the, and the fitness. It became, you know, a a period where I was, you know, meeting with people once a week to talk about just the mindset aspect and motivation. And if they were going through something rough, how to get through it, that was, that was like, the majority of it. Well, and that's, that's what makes success. It's not knowing right. how to, everybody knows that if I literally go in and lift, you know, three times a week and cart and eat decent, then I will be in shape. Like that's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> most people get that, but right. yeah, it's like, how do you get there? You know, um, you do mention a lot. Like I, I appreciated like your coaching of women. I saw a lot of my friends just cause I'm mm-hmm. in the anarchist space. And so those were a lot of people that were in the group, like mm-hmm. transform. And you have to think like, you've said a lot of things that I actually haven't heard as far as like, you know, you need to eat more, you know, women aren't the same right. as men, you know, like things like that. And mm-hmm. those aren't actually like normal things that I've heard, you know, from any right. training or any program mm-hmm. I've ever bought. Um, and so I definitely would encourage anybody where, like, how can they find you? Do you just go to, uh, I know, I know where your website is, but go ahead and drop that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's uh project Sparta coaching.com, um, you know, which is where you could, you know, look at all the testimonials and, and, uh, look at ba- the basics of what, uh, what I do. And then, um, they can also find me on Facebook, uh, or Instagram. I'm on both. I respond to all three generally. Um, a lot of times people will go through the website. Um, yeah. If they don't, you know, already see me on social or whatever, they hear about me through another person. Um, but, you know, the majority of, of it is is word of mouth and referral. I've never really put out any, 
I never really put on, I had never put on an ad. I've just, I've done it the, the old sort of old fashioned way of the whisper in the ear and the, you know, well, now you talk about networking and your dad and yeah. it's funny, Greg, we have a lot in common because my dad, um, although he was a professional opera singer, so was my mom. And then I, you oh, know, wow. that's what I went to grow up to be, but he decided that he needed to raise his family and not travel. So he was a salesman. So, and he was yeah. a networker and he had a real estate license too. And he, you know, there you go. and so I think that there is a little bit to be said about that. You know, you can put out so many ads and stuff, but when some person says to another person, look at my success, or I know this guy, that's mm-hmm. going to close a deal more than that 5% you're going to get back from that ad. Yeah. You know, and that old yeah. way, that old school way of thinking actually has probably done you well, by the way, Greg does host or um, train dudes when that have had great success yeah. mm-hmm. because um, another host on this network, Cody Johns, um, mm-hmm. has been a researcher for Wall, and now he hosts his own show on the network called Enemy of My Enemy. And Cody had great success with you. He really did. So, it, which yeah. he's probably one of my best friends, probably one of the nicest people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, Absolutely. and if he says Greg's a good guy, listen to Greg, then you should. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a funny guy too. I, yeah. I love, love Hody. Oh yeah. He's, he's funny. And like that, he's got that great balance between I'm a really kind guy and you don't mm-hmm. know if I'm being like just super nice or hysterical, just, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, keep, he keeps you on your toes. A little yeah. Bit, you're like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> is That's he messing like, with me or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's really good at that. Yeah. Um, and I think you've helped some other friends of mine too. And then I know you're good friends with, um, Brittany, I know you guys have yes. been together on coaching and mm-hmm. nutrition, and I love her. I had her on before, and um, she's inspired me with a lot of things about like you know homeschooling and nutrition and things like that. So yeah, one of my absolute favorite people. So if y'all want to have cool friends, become an anarchist. <laughs> <laughs> it's free, actually. <laughs> yes, it is, and it'll free your, it'll break your chains and free your mind. Exactly, um, but. So what, what do you have planned in the future as far as, are there any new projects coming up? I know you're going to grow events. Are we keeping some things like under wraps? Like what's next on your, on your schedule? Yeah, no, actually that that's, you know, that was the, the other part of Vince of, of, of doing a little bit more there with the, with the story, but with, with Sparta, what I, you know, the ultimate goal is to grow an actual coaching company. So I have more people involved, more coaches involved in the whole process. So I, what I envision is having actual separate coaches within, uh, you know, having the responsibility of one client, but having it so that you, uh, you know, my company would have a nutrition specialist. It would have, uh, you know, like a registered dietitian as part of the whole equation. I would also have, you know, a mindset coach. Um, I would also have, you know, somebody that was in charge of, uh, you know, the weekly calls and, and, Mm -hmm. and that kind of mindset. Uh, uh, coaching as well. And then, and then I, I could focus on uh, more of the fitness side because when I sink my teeth in is the programming, I probably do best when I'm focusing on the programming itself mm-hmm. uh, and can really push somebody to new uh, physical levels um, by, by generally focusing on that the most. So I think bringing a whole staff uh, on board with Sparta is the ultimate goal. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that because that's the big, uh, that's the, that's going to be probably the, the biggest thing that I feel will make the biggest impact on individuals is that they'll have uh, a designated uh, individual, some coach mm-hmm. for different aspects of the process. And also free you up to, to grow bigger and bigger. Cause you know, being exactly. one person, I'm sure you're probably your wife and you have some other people that help you like schedule and all the other stuff, but at Absolutely. the same time, you can only do so much and be effective, you know? 
Yeah. And let me tell you how much of a godsend it is to have, you know, my wife is somebody who's not only supportive, but also uh, she's sort of the left brain in all this because I'm, I'm a big creative guy and I'm putting together all this stuff outside of Sparta. But she kind of keeps me, you know, on this on this order order path and a little bit more keeping things in, you know, yes. <laughs> in proper you know perspective as far as your you know, accounting, yeah, like your numbers. All 60 things are great, but we need to finish this today. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. I, uh, what about this? That's that, that's actually, you know, pushing the numbers and things yeah. like that number crunching. So that's very important, obviously. Um, well, again, go visit Greg on social media or Vince, because you can pretty much just, you know, you can Google him and find whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so well, I'm looking forward to just a sneak preview. We're going to attempt to, so I'm not going to make promises, but I'm going to yeah. attempt to get Vince on the show and we're going to do video in the future. Absolutely. So, yes. There'll be a part two to this and maybe Greg mm. or Vince will tell me a little bit about Greg. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he will. He's got a lot of opinions on him. Awesome. Greg, <laughs> it's been so much fun talking to you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to link everything you had in the show notes today. So, um, Guys, follow Greg. If you're interested in fitness coaching, um, I would definitely recommend him. You can go and see a lot of my friends uh, have testimonials on there and um, just a great guy. Watch some of those short films. If you want to laugh, even if you didn't grow up in the you know 80s and 90s, you're still going to get a kick out of it. So <laughs> thanks so much for joining me today, Greg. Trisha, you're the best. Thank you so Bye. much for having me. It was an absolute blast. Thank you. And I will close as I do every show. I wish you all peace, grace, love, and fuck the state.